Hello, and welcome to another edition of the Gobeski Wallace Report. My name is Charlie Wallace. And I'm Adam Gobeski, and we have with us three uh, tedious guests. <laughs> we do our best. Well, I'm trying to use a, a word that describes the movie. All right. Wouldn't be fantastic. I, would you? I mean, the word is used in the movie, like, twice at the very end. Fine. Um, <laughs> and I'm Adam Gobeski, and please welcome our three, four guests. <laughs> Doug Gobeski. Hi. Tony Huff. Happy to be back. Paul Wilcox. It's great to be here. I'm still just trying to process what three, four would be. <laughs> I was just thinking like a waltz, you know. <laughs> three quarter time guests. You know, like like maybe it's some sort of court decision, you know. And so we are. <laughs> we judge this movie guilty. And so we're all here to wish you a happy new year, uh, report heads, as we talk about the 51st installment of the Merry Marvel Movie March, the 2015 film Fant Stick. This is an August 2015 <laughs> release. Uh, <laughs> Can you call it Fan Four Stick? Isn't there a T? Do you have to say the T like Fant Four Stick? Uh, did say the T. It just was unreleased. <laughs> okay. I, I I actually I noticed that. I was like, there. You did do the T. Oh, okay. I didn't realize there was. I never even had thought about it until I looked at the title of the movie yesterday. There's no spilling of the T on this podcast. Man. No one's going to comment on how I called our listeners report heads. <laughs> I would have figured no. reporters. No. I'm, just, I'm, just on, I'm just fully on board. Like, haven't yeah. we been saying that every time? Like, yep, I'm, I'm down. <laughs> the people who like reports. That's right. Including this report. But uh, yeah, we're talking about uh, 2015's Fant 4 Stick, the story of one Fant 4 Stick, who is first in line for the Dennis Mansion. There it is. And uh, in order to do that, he has to uh, donate his body to science. And he says, well, wait, uh, I'm using the body. And they said, oh, we know. We'll give it back. And he said, but that's not what donate means. And then they said, well, we were hoping you didn't know what donate meant. He's like, well, can I use the body while you're using it for science? And they were like, yeah, sure. And so he was like, okay, I guess this seems fair. And uh, then they poked him with a stick for a while. I thought you were giving the uh, the wrong synopsis, Adam. Oh, sorry. <laughs> that actually maybe, sounds more interesting. Maybe you, Tony, should give the wrong synopsis. Oh, no. You were perfect. <laughs> no, he wasn't. He didn't mention Tim Heidecker. Well, that's who plays four. You know, I got to say something about that. I didn't that. realize that was Tim Heidecker. Seriously? He got yeah. his name in the opening, well, the closing pre-credit roll thing whatever you call that yeah that's when i that's when i was like googled tim heidecker fan four stick <laughs> i was like oh i thought that was rain wilson <laughs> <laughs> okay you know what i can see that now that you say it but yeah i was also primed for for that i mean they told me tim heidecker was in it i oh, still okay. think i would have gotten it still think i would have would have gotten it but I can see a little bit. Was he the the dad then in the armchair? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Because I saw it and I was like, is that Tim Heidecker? And then they had another shot of him and I was like, no, it's not. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my goodness. The more Tim Heidecker you see, the less certain you are it's him. (laughs) Fair. Yeah. That may be the only redeeming quality of this entire movie. You didn't like Michael B. Jordan? You didn't like Chet Hanks? Okay. I'm I'm sorry. I I didn't like shirtless miles teller okay that was a farce (laughs) (laughs) they told me that there'd be shirtless miles teller and then i get this i don't even know stretch armstrong looking guy (laughs) charlie what's the movie really about this is the fourth fantastic four movie we've done so same characters except they're all reasonably younger i think in their late teens and the, instead of going to space, they go to an alternate dimension and get their powers. And it includes Doctor Doom in this one again, too. So I think every Fantastic Four movie we've seen has had Doctor Doom. And yep. he gets left in the alternate dimension. And when they go back to try to cure themselves of their powers, he escapes and tries to destroy the world. Yeah, that's almost right. But they weren't going back to cure their powers. They were just going back with uh, a research expedition. 
I thought. Well, they were going back to try and cure their powers, but... By taking uh, rock samples? Yeah, but Tim Blake Nelson had ulterior motives. Oh, yeah. Had you seen it before? Uh, I had. I uh, saw it in theaters because reviews were quite poor, as we (laughs) may discuss momentarily when we talk about the background. But uh, reviews were actually really, really poor. Somebody, maybe the AV club, described it as something like an unmitigated garbage fire or something like that. (laughs) So I got into this mindset of like, oh, man, maybe this is a bad movie, like a movie we can go and laugh at and watch. (laughs) And uh, that is not what I got. And uh, I hadn't seen it since, although I knew the march was coming up. And so one day at Zia, I was flipping through the clearance bin and found a copy of the Blu-ray for two bucks. I, uh, I did not watch that Blu-ray until yesterday, and uh, when I took it off the shelf, I said aloud to myself, I can't believe I'm watching this movie again. <laughs> <laughs> I had not watched this movie ever, even though it does have Miles Teller, which is me and him have a... a th- Woo! Yes, indeed. Thank you, Adam. <laughs> and, uh, well, does everyone know about that? Refresh our memory. Oh, oh, yes, please. So uh, in the before times where we could talk about politics on this podcast, uh, I went to uh, live, uh, I think it was Kelly Ripa, I think live with Kelly Ripa. And Miles Teller was uh, was one of the guests. And I was sitting right in front of him and uh, he shared that he was uh, Gene Simmons for Halloween and talked about his tongue and said some. I can't exactly remember the exact quote, but he talked about his tongue being long and I was just trying to be a really good uh, audience member, and so I gave a big woo! But I was the only person in the entire studio that did this, and Miles was very uh, caught off guard, I think. <laughs> <laughs> he did not approve, and he's like, what's that guy doing? So, so anyway, so me and him are boyfriends now. Um <laughs> <laughs> and uh uh so now i have to watch every movie he's ever been in and just i just uh yesterday got to uh this movie i had never seen this movie until yesterday and it's the first movie the first uh fantastic four movie i've ever seen so if all of them are like this i don't understand why it's even something that people enjoy Charlie, have you ever seen this movie before oh no i uh heard it was horrible and was saving the experience for this podcast. Oh, really? Did Carl not- watch it with you? Oh, no, no. I would never make her do that. Yeah, <laughs> but maybe she was like, oh, I'm interested in watching some trash. No, no. She was absolutely against watching this. <laughs> she knew. She, she actually like told Charlie that he can't watch this. <laughs> <laughs> I had not seen it before. How many attempts did it take to actually watch it? Um, well, really, just one. It was split. I guess that takes it technically two. Yeah, because didn't you say you fell asleep <laughs> at the end? But I was I was engaged until I fell asleep. <laughs> it wasn't for lack of trying to stay awake. I just just was. I had to sleep. <laughs> so I uh, I was engaged I, until I wasn't. I just paused it and fell asleep on the couch for a couple three hours. Oh, you paused it? Yeah, that's I. I was too tired to. Oh. I was under the impression that you I, were I watching. I kept waking and up and rewinding a couple of minutes and waking up and rewinding a couple of minutes. And I oh, my God. <laughs> that sounds awful. Yeah. Imagine having to watch this movie more. Yeah. <laughs> it was it was fine. I did OK. But yeah, I watched it uh, yesterday, the first hour and 20 minutes. And I watched the last 20 minutes today, but not any before that. Yeah. So I saw this movie in the theaters way back when it came out. Uh, I believe Adam had already seen it by that point because I remember him mentioning that Tim Heidecker is in the movie and is like, he, he never shows up again after his appearance, like 10 minutes in or so. And that apparently that was the highlight of the film. And I was like, (laughs) it can't be that bad. (laughs) And somehow I managed to bring myself to watch it again for the podcast yesterday. It's nice to know that no matter how bad a movie is like, if you hit bottom, then there will be people who go to see it just to see if it could actually be as bad as people say. I cats all those cats. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I like that both of you said that at the exact same time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
But wasn't Cats so bad that they actually like had to do like some sort of like re-editing of it? Yeah, they patched it. Yeah, that's what. They, yeah, they patched it. <laughs> they patched out like the they human patched it like bare it was hands. <laughs> as far as we know, they didn't do that with this film, right? No. Okay. No, like they, see, they didn't like got. patch it to have like more Tim Heidecker. <laughs> like the Tim, the Tim Heidecker that we saw was actually more than the original release <laughs> because you asked for it yeah. for Tim Blake Nelson <laughs> so yeah we should talk, let's talk a little bit about the behind the scenes because uh, that story is probably more interesting than what showed up on the screen basically uh once upon a time, there was a director named Josh Trank. I don't know why I'm phrasing it like this, but <laughs> hey, he released a movie recently. I say, is he no longer with us? <laughs> no, no, he's, he's around. Yeah, he put out a streaming video with uh, Tom Hardy. Not video, movie. Anyway, sidetracked. Um, he directed an independent small film called Chronicle that is a found footage superhero, well, superpowers movie. Hero might not be the right word. I know Dane DeHaan's in it. To so say you've never seen it. <laughs> I haven't seen it. Um, Michael B. Jordan might be in it too. I think they had worked together prior. But anyway, uh, this movie did really well. And so I know at the time, I don't know if this is still true, but it was something like he was the youngest director to ever take first place at the box office or something like that. He was like 26 at the time. And uh, anyway, so... Every, all the studios recording him and he's decided for whatever reason to do fantastic four he got his friend jeremy slater on board to help write it um partly because uh slater was a comic book fan and had worked with uh josh trank before and um i think josh trank basically picked the movie because he wanted to go up in the world and this was like the biggest opportunity he was offered at that point because it's doesn't sound like it was because he had any interest in comic books it sounded like basically he hated comic books mm. so like i there's a quote from jeremy slater a lot later where he said the first avengers movie had recently come out and i kept saying that should be our template that's what audiences want to see and josh just hated every second of it so mm. yeah apparently trank was interested in the idea of these people going through more or less hell when they first get their powers. He wasn't interested in actually really seeing any of this, these powers be used. So that's partly why the script is, is as, um, how can I say this? Withholding? Uh, yeah, it's focused very intently on the origin story rather than the way we've seen a lot of comic book movies where you do the origin and then after that, then they go fight some villain or something. That kind of happens here, but not because Josh Trank wanted it to happen, really. So that was an issue. Uh, another issue, and we're going to hear this particular story, a similar version of it for the next movie, Deadpool. But supposedly Fox, right before they were ready to start shooting, cut like $30 million out of the budget for oh. this movie. But whereas like the Deadpool guys basically said, well, let's rework our ending. Their approach for, for this movie was... Well, we go, we're going to have to scrap the big battle that we had planned as the third act. We don't have anything to replace it, but we'll just we'll wait on that until we get to the reshoots that we know are going to happen. And at that point, hopefully we'll have worked out how this movie is supposed to end and we can shoot it then. Now that we can't do our original plan. Do we so, know what the original plan was? No, I could not find that information out. So in addition, Josh Trank's a very uh, young inexperienced director um sounds like he's the sort of guy who has talent but doesn't necessarily know how the industry works and so was butting heads with various production people and actors and they'll everyone will has their own version on what was going on but the upshot is that it wasn't it didn't sound like it was a very happy shoot as a result of like the tension on set and things like that uh fox became nervous it sounds like and basically took control away from josh trank on the movie by the end such that he didn't really have any input when it came to the reshoots about what they should actually be shooting or how the movie should end and they just sort of cobbled together something from what they had from various drafts and pieces that had been cut jeremy slater the writer 
is on record as saying that most of the finished film turned out to be an expanded version of his initial 40 pages, minus all the superheroics. And, I mean, on some level, this probably isn't that unusual for big-budget movies with green directors. Uh, The main difference is that the movie's therefore pretty incoherent, and earlier views suggested it was bad, at which point Josh Trank sent out a tweet claiming that the movie that was premiering was not his cut, but was one that had undergone a great deal of studio interference. This is apparently a big sin in Hollywood, you know, bite the hand that feeds you, basically. And so Josh Trank went to movie jail for like five years. And there's a suggestion that that negative publicity that happened right before the movie opened tanked box office interest. And so this movie, I believe, is officially a bomb. The only people who went to see it were diehard fans or people like me who thought they were going to get something really terrible, but instead got something terrible for the wrong reasons. Unfun. Yeah, unfun. Kinda terrible. terrible. <laughs> yeah. That's sort of the, the background of this movie. Oh, and then the other thing that I should mention, um, as Charlie kind of pointed out, the origin of this is a little different from the origin that most people are familiar with the Fantastic Four, which is the one that's in the 2005 movie, more or less. Uh, The reason this one involves like teenagers and teleporters and things like that is because this is actually an adaptation of Ultimate Fantastic Four, which is a part of the Ultimate Universe, which was a line of comics that Marvel was doing in the starting around the early 2000s that was basically designed to sort of relaunch the Marvel Universe for people who didn't want to catch up on 40 years of continuity and stuff like that. Uh, I think the only two like meaningful contributions we really got from the Ultimate Universe, and feel free to comment in the Facebook post or on Twitter if you disagree with me. Basically, the two major contributions that the Ultimate Universe provided was Miles Morales, started in the Ultimate Universe, and uh, Black Nick Fury. And other than that, it's just like a different take on things, I guess, but there's nothing terribly uh, consequential, I guess, might be the best way to put it. And so they wound the uh, Ultimate Universe down uh, a little while ago. But yeah, that's why the uh, setup for this is so different from the setup for um, the 2005 version. It's because it's adapting a, uh, a Mark Miller version. So yes, once again, just in case you need a reminder, Mark Miller licks goats. <laughs> <laughs> oh, is that where the, the Stephen Colbert, John Stewart goat ball liquor thing came from no i think that's probably more uh (laughs) great minds think alike or something (laughs) (laughs) no yeah stephen colbert he comes from a humble home his he's the son of a goat ball liquor (laughs) (laughs) what do you want to discuss where do you want to start which of the many movies that this movie attempts to present to us would you like to start with? Charlie, Adam has just taken a giant info dump on your lawn. How does this make you feel? Yes. <laughs> sort through it, please. Uh, so this movie is an hour and 40 minutes. And the first, I looked at the time step. It's like the first half of it. If you had taken every single character and given them a different name, I wouldn't have known what I was watching for like the first 50 minutes of this movie. <laughs> Yeah. Like, yeah, there's no way to know that it's a Fantastic Four at all. And granted, you know, the origin story is slightly different, but I don't know. I just thought that was really strange. It's a very long time in this movie before we get to even knowing that it's a superhero movie. We don't even know that. We just know it's like, oh, here's some sci-fi film about a bunch of genius kids who travel to a different dimension. And I think that hurts the movie overall. It was like watching the first, like, double episode of, like, a teen targeted netflix original series or something (laughs) (laughs) you're not wrong and and honestly once i kind of made that realization it got better because i (laughs) I started watching it right i was like oh they really set this up in episode one you know (laughs) (laughs) yeah i you're 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 absolutely right paul like if you do change your mindset it's not like i I bet you could make it through the film but unfortunately i was watching it as a movie and (laughs) we were how dare you (laughs) yeah how how, how dare you that was wrong yeah (laughs) <laughs> please don't don't change the, the way that i view things uh, <laughs> but like 
So Doug was kind of <laughs> well. We were we, we we did our watch yesterday, and Doug was, I want to say, prepping me, and I just couldn't believe him. Like, I warned him. He was warning me and like saying like and like he's like oh and I'm like what we're ten minutes in he goes I know I just I can't believe that the next hour is gonna be like this and I'm like <laughs> okay he's and then Adam's like it gets a little bit better but Doug was so right like I like it wasn't that I didn't believe Doug or like like he like oh my god he's he's so outlandish and that but it was like I just I couldn't believe that a movie existed that actually did that to you. This is awful. It's so bad. Like, there's no action at all. You're just watching a drama. That's not entirely true. He rips a he rips a tank in half at one point. The thing does. That's, oh yeah, on a video. Yeah, that's that's within the this last show. twenty minutes of the film. <laughs> I know. I know. Literally, the I last know. twenty minutes of the film is where they're like, "All right, well." I guess we got to give you something. Paul said that it's like a Netflix original. To me, it's like they took a movie trailer for a decent movie. And instead of, you know, making that movie, they just padded out the trailer with 90 odd minutes of stuff. Just nothing. (laughs) I just uh, filler. I had the similar feeling both times watching this. Actually, I had the similar feeling to Charlie that it felt like Someone had taken a low-key science fiction film called Zero, and it's called Zero because that's the name of the planet they were or dimension, whatever they were going to. That was their name for it. It was like someone made a low budget or you know, <laughs> almost like mumblecore sci-fi movie. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> oh jeez. That uh that someone for some reason decided to try and graft the Fantastic Four onto. And like both times I've watched it, I've had this feeling of like, I wonder what the movie would have been like without that grafted on part, which I guess is a way of saying I don't particularly like the first part of the movie. In fact, it's really tedious, but I might have been interested in just seeing where it went ultimately instead of just taking this bizarre left turn into almost superhero land. But I think one of the other problems is that None of these characters are fleshed out in any way. They get little tiny things to identify them, like Reed Richards likes uh, 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea. Kate Mara listens to Portishead. Johnny Storm likes to race. Ben Grimm is alive. Like, (laughs) (laughs) I would defy you to tell me in any detail how any of these characters tick. Like, what makes what motivates them or anything like that domestic abuse in ben Grimm's case oh i mean Ugh. if you're gonna get punched around by chet hayes i mean yeah so so ben Grimm uh, is uh he lives in an abusive environment by the way yeah my absolute favorite part of the movie was you know that fun catchphrase that the thing has well now it's <laughs> yeah. associated with uh child abuse so that's yeah. that's a lot of fun yeah. I can't believe that. <laughs> and then and then it's brought back at the end like it's some heroic moment. I mean, I guess, you know, he could be taking it back. He's repurposing, you know, maybe he maybe that they were going for something with that. Like he's like, but that just was that really set the tone wrong. Like, I don't know how we're gonna get come back from this. Look, he's just <laughs> perpetuating the cycle of abuse. That's all. We should let's talk I mean, about the when tone, he though. does it at the end. Because one of the issues I had with this movie is that the tone's just very, you know, it starts out as like some like Spielberg style, like, you know, kids in the garage making something cool. And then it turns into a science fair thing and then it gets real boring. I mean, not that it was super exciting before that, but, you know, then they go into the Baxter building and suddenly they're studying by doing government work or something. (laughs) And then it's an adventure movie for about three minutes. And then it's uh, Which then it's misery. That? Uh, the three minutes where Victor's covered in green, trying to climb up. Oh, the actual like after they go through the Stargate. Yeah, the first time. But it just feels like the movie just keeps like restarting. Like a new version of the movie comes up. It's like, Ooh, oh, yeah. we could have started with we could have started with this movie. And now we're going to abandon it after ten minutes, and then do this next movie. We're going to abandon that after ten minutes. And yeah. 
We yeah. even got a few minutes of a horror film when Dr. Doom, having been brought back to our world, yep. starts murdering everyone. Like, mm-hmm. that was probably my favorite part of the movie, because I'm like, oh, man, it's a horror movie. At least something was happening, though. Yeah! I agree with Doug. I think, yeah. I think Paul hit the nail on the head from earlier. It's just episodes of a new Netflix original. Like, it should have just been a Netflix show and just do one season, you're done. Well, that, I was kind of wondering if there was some sort of, like, were they planning on making another Fantastic Four movie with this cast? Like, Oh, like, yes. To immediately, okay. Like, that makes it, sense. Like, I kind of assumed that by the time I was, I think I noted, I was like, okay, we are exactly halfway through the movie, and we're seeing the powers now. Uh, a sequel was scheduled before this even came out. One of Josh Trank's ideas was that the first movie would just be about how they got their powers and how awful that was. And then by the end of the movie, they would be better with it. And then subsequent movies could be standard superhero fare. But why would that even be entertaining? I don't understand. It could all be set up. No, it couldn't be. It I, <laughs> I'm sorry. Again, I sucks again. I think, so in some ways, this movie is kind of like Ang Lee's Hulk in that Josh Trank is more interested about how this affects the people that, you know, the Fantastic Four and Doctor Doom, how it affects them, what it's like for them to go through things. Obviously, there's a pretty big difference there in that Ang Lee at least had other things going on. And, uh, you know, he had more experience and he wasn't so grim dark about it the way this movie seems pretty grim it, right? i mean with the domestic violence right at the beginning it set the grimmest tone possible yeah i guess i wouldn't have minded the dark tone but if you're gonna do something like that i think you've got to lean into it a little bit more and actually use it it seemed like yeah we're gonna set the dark tone and then not really address anything like nobody comes to terms with anything that's happened to them yeah, that's why it's a, it's bumblecore, you know. Yeah. You start where you left off, <laughs> and then you leave off where you started. Paul made a great point. It's real, real life. It's like, oh, okay. Was that supposed to be Ben Grimm's moment? His breakthrough was pummeling Doctor Doom, and that's how he dealt with the abuse that he's faced over Pay the years. Forward, I, <laughs> like that's the only way that makes any sense, and that doesn't like. There's nothing building up between that. There's like, yeah, there's no character development in between. So I have a question about Dr. Doom. How old is he relative to the other three? Um, I got the impression he was maybe like four or five years older at the most. Mm, Like Like long enough to have been working there ahead of time. But yeah, he seemed to have a, uh, I kind of want to say unhealthy obsession with Sue Storm, but like, I don't know, man, just, like you, you, you run those numbers, and it's basically like, okay, so he's uh, so he's eighteen years old uh, when he when he starts working there. You know, if we're going off of those numbers, and and he's uh, got a thing for the boss's fourteen year old daughter, and no well, one comments on it ever. I think she's supposed to be a little older too. Yeah, is she? Yeah, because she's clearly been there for a while as well. They don't. I don't know. They didn't. Maybe if we had gotten some characterization or backgrounds or such. I mean, that's certainly the interminable true. They, they don't really 90 minutes. Anything, yeah. The impression I got was that she was probably closer in age to him, like maybe a year or two younger. And then Reed's more or less the baby of the group. Like he's just been brought in where the others have been there for a while, been working on it or quit working on it, you know, as case may be for a while. Okay. That was the impression I got. I, yeah. yeah, even though he had the classic, I'm getting too old for this scene. Um, yeah, I think it's a lot of doing the math in your head to try to give the movie the benefit of the doubt, where they could have put something in, but yeah, it's just like, let's put these characters at the ages that make sense for their behavior. No, no benefit of the doubt. No, I'm not this saying you have to. It's saying I kind of came to the same it. conclusion as Adam because I had to, because I was, yeah, let's make her a little bit older in my mind now so this isn't weird. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe As you guys are about... talking, I'm getting more upset. Well, maybe we should talk about actors then. Maybe that would be a way in. 
Did people have opinions on performances or anything like that? I actually didn't think that performances were that bad. I just thought that the screenplay was just so horrid. Like, there was nothing about the acting that I was like, ooh, that's, like, really cringy. And actually, I thought that there was pretty good chemistry between all, you know, four of them. I didn't think it was not believable. I just think that the overall story was just extremely slow to the point where it was just unwatchable. I got the impression that they were all colleagues. Like, that's it. I didn't really get the impression that they were friends. It's like, oh, these are four you people are, who work together. Yeah, you are my you are my peer. <laughs> yep. I mean, isn't that, that yeah, that, that's, you know. It's not fun, though. Yeah, it's not it really felt like that's what they were going for. It was a, it's a workplace show. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know. Uh, the Doom calls out uh, Miles Teller for being unprofessional because he thinks he's hitting on Sue. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and 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 he and the, he diffuses the situation masterfully with, with alcohol. <laughs> I wish they would have done more with that because that was pretty funny. Like, oh, okay, right. they're all getting drunk and they might loosen up, and like the idea that oh, we're gonna go in this alternate dimension or whatever. Right. And that's what triggered them to do it was like they were just drunk enough to try it out. But then they didn't really do anything with that. That's where I hope it was. Uh, uh, ben was going to make out with uh, with Miles Teller. <laughs> it was going to turn into a, a gay romance. <laughs> that uh, that part bothered me. Not the gay romance. That's fine. But. Oh, OK. It bothered <laughs> that, that, that part that everyone remembers actually was in it. Yeah. yeah not your head cannon. But the part that really bothers me is that Reed calls up his friend who lives 40 minutes away in the middle of the night to come do this. But are they going to tell Sue who's been working on this with them forever? No, of course not. She's a girl. (laughs) Well, I thought it was more that they knew she was a narc. Yeah, exactly. She was a narc. What does she do immediately? She calls her dad. Like girls. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I think that says more about you than it does about... Girls, Adam. I mean, for the first thing the wall. Said, you guys, you're yeah. in so much trouble. Like, <laughs> you guys know yeah. how much trouble you're in. Next what? thing you, you know, Adam, you're, really you're gonna say that girls are gonna be picking a paint off the wall while they're on their cell phones. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> my no, point I, is, my point is, they did not have to set it up that way at no, all. No, you're right. Yeah, they should have included Sue, especially on a breakthrough such as that. Yeah. That bothered me. He's like, you're drunk. And he's like, and you're sexy. He's <laughs> <laughs> like, come down to this big thing. I'll take you to another dimension, if you know what I mean. <laughs> and then he's like, all right. And he's like, oh, we're really going. We're going to go to another dimension now. <laughs> but yeah, the drinking scene was one of those things where it was like, okay, here would be a better opportunity to actually develop some rapport between the characters and just for sure kind of fizzles i actually think that's what they were trying to do yeah there i know it made me like dr doom victor's character a little more it made him seem less antisocial uh less of a jerk arrogant yeah less of a jerk so i've heard that big incel energy (laughs) (laughs) he does have some incel energy for sure the scene where like you first see him where he's all like in his matrix layer yeah I like was sitting there watching it and I like looked around my apartment and I was like, I gotta make some changes. <laughs> yeah. oh, I think I, I, I think I thought of you when I saw that. I was like, oh, that's Paul's apartment. <laughs> he can he can he can control the, the lock with his mind and uh... <laughs> I should crack the blinds a, few, a little more <laughs> during the day. <laughs> you gotta get that sweet, sweet vitamin D, bro. <laughs> That's why that's how you keep it right here on the, on the Oh desk. yeah. I forgot you're on uh, you're on pills for that. <laughs> <laughs> oh I can't it's winter. I literally can't get outside during the day. Hey, I wasn't saying that it was a negative thing. I'm just saying you're on PEDs. You can't sweep your uh, front stoop and just work out there? No, he's afraid to leave his stoop. <laughs> I, I don't put words in my mouth. <laughs> oh, that was a Hey Arnold reference, by the way. Just so oh. you know, I wasn't trying to. The the statement still stands. 
especially with references that I don't know. Yeah, well, you make those all the time to me. How, how do you think I feel? You can call me out on it. All right, I will next time. Um, hey, I don't understand that. Yeah, I'm, I'm happy to explain. So what about Planet Zero? Seems to have an atmosphere and gravity identical to Earth, at least by the time the, yeah, time we get well at the end well at the end they're all wandering around without any suits on like at the climax of the movie yeah yeah but they had already been they'd already gotten superpowers oh so their superpower was also to not green green good like you're okay oh did they establish that or is that just another no or to assume that yeah i think the movie respects you enough as a viewer that they think (laughs) you can assume that Okay, that was funny. <laughs> like, I don't know if it bothered anyone else, but the scene where uh, Reed first meets Sue in the library, and she's like, "Oh, I like music. It's you know, pattern pattern recognition." And then later on, when she's uh, trying to trace him over the computer in South America or something, and she's like, "Oh, I'm good at pattern recognition," and I'm just like, "Oh, just like you said before." <laughs> I feel I, so smart for remembering that part of the movie. I didn't like it's just that. it just felt like pure contempt for the audience. I had a reshoot. Trying to remember what her wig, what her hair looked like. I think Cause, I blocked that. Because if you watch, not that you're going to watch it again, but if you watch it, you can tell what parts were filmed much later because she's wearing a not particularly convincing wig. I did think her hair looked weird in a few scenes, yeah. <laughs> That's uh yeah, reshoots because she changed her hair or something and they needed the that's the superman's mustache of this movie the really obvious thing that lets you know where the reshoots happened i also thought it was dumb how like all of the tech people like oh yeah we've barely been able to find him we've like tracked him maybe a couple of times he's been really careful but he uses a username that's like very unique to him (laughs) that can be decoded by people who know him it's like yeah it's like just come up with a new username that isn't like from your favorite book. <laughs> like maybe the street though. you grew up on or your it, first time. It is pet. weird though how there's like 10 minutes a movie where it looks like something different might happen. Where like, oh, he's going to figure things out on his own. He's going to break them out. And then, nope, they just bring him right back. <laughs> yeah. And actually, you can tell some of that's reshoots too. Like the conversation where like Sue Storm's interviewing him in the interrogation room, like you can tell she's wearing a wig in that shot too. So maybe that would the original plot line was going to be something about that, and then they cobbled it together. Because as you can tell, the out of nowhere standard supervillain going to destroy the Earth ending, like that's pretty much all reshoots and stuff. I don't think that was the original intention at all. But yeah, that big uh, plot at the end to destroy the Earth because. He can, I guess. Like, <laughs> doesn't feel like it fits at all with the movie. That ready came to make a, a new. No, he, as Doctor Doom earlier, he says that maybe we should all be obliterated from the Earth. Yeah, because like, we're destroying like, it. I know. So it's like what? Just some vestige of his personality is still left. He's just like, hey, I'm going home. This is your home. No, it's not. I live on Planet Zero now, and now that I'm here, now I will do a big supervillain thing. Yeah. Kind of feels all. Ultron-y, like he gets some weird idea in his head, like, oh, I guess I have to do this now. Logically, it just feels really inconsistent. Yeah, to me. yeah. Was he creating a black hole that was going to bring Earth to Planet Zero, or what was the whole like? How was he going to ruin Earth? Uh, I think he, he was, was absorbing, yeah, pulling oh. out, pulling Earth into it, and then if it wasn't for Charlie's least favorite part of the movie, he would have succeeded. <laughs> Oh yeah. Part where uh, <laughs> Invisible Woman makes a giant shield, shield over the mm. portal thing. Yeah. Three sixty degrees of. Oh no! It's like four pi <laughs> steradians of shield. It's <laughs> 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 even worse. <laughs> so Tim Blake Nelson's character. Did anyone else feel like he was weird? Like in terms of like a screenwriting sense, like, you know, we're, we're doing some cool science, you know, we're, we're making some great progress and Tim Blake Nelson's character is like, okay, let's get the deep state involved. It's time to get the deep state involved. (laughs) We need more deep state guys. Come on. I also did find it really strange that 
And what sort of outfit do you have like these four extremely gifted scientists? And they're like, okay, those are the people we're going to send <laughs> first. <laughs> in this potentially dangerous zone that we don't really need scientists in. Look, they sent a monkey first, okay? Yeah, they proved it safe. I, I guess. I was really worried about the monkey, to be honest with you. <laughs> it's like, let's send the four people who understand how this works and have them potentially die. <laughs> I don't know. Well, they didn't send them, did they? Well, no, yeah, you're right. Yeah, they went, uh, yeah. I'm saying the deep state's got a point. <laughs> they would oh need to trust them God. a little bit more. <laughs> wow. Doug didn't say that? Here first, folks. <laughs> Charlie said that? It wasn't that. Doug? That was Charlie. That was one of your hosts. <laughs> was, was pro deep state? <laughs> yep. Is that bad? It was one time. <laughs> I assume the deep state was just code for functioning government. So. <laughs> yeah, I like I like how it's like, all right, we're going to talk to NASA. It's not like anything. That, it's like NASA, the good guys, <laughs> are going to take over your research now. And they're like, talk what, to NASA? NASA? Those demons! <laughs> I mean, to be fair, they don't have the best track record. Why would you want to be fair to this movie? Like, if there was anyone in this movie who had something to do, it was Tim Heidecker. But Tim Blake Nelson comes in. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was good to see him again. Second Marvel appearance. Yeah. First Marvel appearance of Michael B. Jordan. Thank goodness not his last. Yeah, I think Michael B. Jordan's performance might be the best part of this movie. Like, I mean, honestly, I like all the cast, but he, he does a real good job of getting the uh, hot-headed Johnny Storm character. And he knows how to weld. And yeah. he knows how to weld. No, I really liked that scene, the welding. <laughs> I know, me too. That was, I was like, this is good. It's a workplace show. <laughs> <laughs> They're getting right down to business. Like, this is the kind of stuff I like to see. Hey, do you know how to weld? <laughs> Please, come on. <laughs> yeah, and I was like, oh, he's going to fit right in. Yeah, I'm surprised that they didn't ask if he's like, hey, did you pull a hot permit yet? Because uh, uh, we're going to have to do that. You really uh, follow uh, standard operating procedures here. <laughs> I mean, he's good, but he's no Dan Caslanetta as the board teacher. <laughs> Wait, is that oh, Homer That's who that was? Yeah. Oh, my God. That was really funny. Yeah, I've seen him in other things, and this is the first time I realized that that's who that was. Yeah, I was watching. I was like, is that? That's Dan Castellaneta. Why is he? Why are these random comedians in this movie? Yeah. Why is he in this movie and Tim Heidecker in this movie? And it's like, what's going on? And it's not like they're probably buddies with Josh Trank. I mean, maybe, right. but it's always possible. Like Ant Man made Josh sense. Trank but... in... Josh Trank was in Arrested Development, so that was fun. Uh, yes, he is. He. Uh... He's one of the lawyers who issues a cease and desist over the Fantastic Four musical. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> Wait, for real? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> wow. To, to Tobias, he's in the uh, what? He's like one of those bums, right? In the trash. Yeah. <laughs> so, what, if anything, is something you liked about this movie that we haven't discussed yet? I feel like one. I there was a a lot that I liked, and it was mostly all the before the Stargate stuff. Like, the first half of the movie I actually quite liked. I don't think it was that well done, but I was like, okay, this isn't a superhero movie. It's an inspirational science movie about some kids getting together and making their dreams come true. Uh, We're wiring Nintendo 64s together. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it felt like, just like Adam said, Josh Trank didn't want to make a superhero movie. So we started to make this other movie and just obviously couldn't do it. Yeah. It didn't like, have the parameters. I, I, I think this could have been fine as a, you know, as an original IP about some kids who go to another world, mm-hmm. but it just doesn't, didn't really, that wasn't really the movie you had to make. I can't believe I was excited to watch this movie. You were. Really? Yeah. But I didn't know. Like oh. I asked Adam, I was like, is this a good movie? And he's like, no. <laughs> and I was like, I was like, oh, really? Because I was actually like looking forward to it. Maybe I was ready for it. Like, if it was, if it became an adventure film at like the Stargate moment, I would have been all in, but it didn't happen. So, yeah, things we liked about the movie? Anyone? I like um, that he he was able to bring the uh, the airplane back and then the kid called him an asshole or something like that. That was fun. <laughs> that was funny. Yeah. 
That was my favorite part of the movie. <laughs> it's when Miles Teller got <laughs> called an asshole. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't notice until like the very end of the credits, but that part of the score was really good. I guess Philip Glass did the score. It was like co-credited with the score of this. So I looked into it. He did, as far as I could tell, contributed like two half pieces or something like that. Yeah. I can't figure out why. And so I thought like, oh, was this score really good? And I just didn't notice because I was so bored by the movie. And like everything I read afterward was like, no, it was probably just <laughs> that soft, small section that stood out to me during the credits. So yeah, there's my positive you know, I, thing I to did, say. I, I remember seeing that in the credits. And I was like, wait, that can't be the Philip Glass. There's no, <laughs> there's no way. So I'm going to turn this segment on its head and talk about something else I didn't like about the film that we haven't <laughs> talked about yet. <laughs> And that's that the uh, the big dimensional teleporter device. I guess there's like multiple iterations of it, but I don't know. It just seemed kind of sparse in both cases. Like it, like the the high bay that the machine was in, and all the support equipment just very much gave you this feeling of yeah. I can see that they cut the budget right before they started making this. The second version, they said, oh, they made it look ugly. I'm like, it's not like what the version before was like really pretty. I don't. It's just another device. They kind of so yeah, it just looked like they Johnny Ived it. You know, just kind of gave it the the Apple makeover. I can kind of see why you might think that was ugly. My main thought was, I was like, I don't real, I can't recognize what's significantly different between these designs. (laughs) One of them had tubes for every person this one just has a big room for yeah i was like the, together. i was like the only thing i could figure was like yeah, pretty oh, much <laughs> the tubes are on the inside <laughs> <laughs> it's just one big tube now all right well you got that off your chest now you need to name something that you liked uh it came in at under 100 minutes <laughs> all right that sounds like something i would say I was, it felt like it was longer. So I'm cheating a little bit in that we did talk about this a bit before, but not really. But the moment where Dr. Doom wakes up and starts just blasting people's heads with lots of gore was probably the most exciting part of the movie. Like it suddenly felt like something interesting might happen, and then it didn't. But for like three minutes, it felt like there could be like something actually cool happening. Like, oh, this is the moment that they've been building toward. And maybe it was the moment that Josh Trank was building toward, and then the studio took it away. I don't know, but I like that part. Tony, any positive things you want to say? It's, like, just really tough. I I like when they set something to the new dimension, and then the rock showed up. That was my, that was a good part. Like the little transference or whatever you mean? Yeah. When they, when oh, they, like, where'd the rocks come from? Yeah, but... I don't know yet. Yeah, but wherever did the rocks come from? There's not a lot. There, honestly, there's not a lot that I liked with this film. I really hated a lot of it and got drunk. And I'm drinking now, and uh-huh. I think I've hit the point where <laughs> I just I'm not mad anymore. I'm just <laughs> you're very, disappointed in it. Yeah, I'm just <laughs> I'm just disappointed. <laughs> I just well, Miles Teller didn't know who I was when he made the film, so he can at least be forgiven. <laughs> if you had seen this first, would you have wooed? I would have yeeted. Oh wow! <laughs> <laughs> you have yeeted him? Yeah, oh, for sure. I'm really trying to find. I think of like a sincere thing I liked. <laughs> Shirtless Miles Teller. Shirtless body horror Miles Teller. No, that was body horror for sure. Uh, oh, you know what? No, 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 no. I I like the Spanish speaking. I when he like morphed into someone who could speak Spanish. That was cool. Because like he was like he was like going to a place and like buying something. And he's like, I should get this for free, uh, but I'm giving you five dollars as a gift. And I thought that was the but I, I laughed actually out loud. <laughs> I did like the uh, the human torch effects. I thought that was actually pretty good. Like the way Michael B. Jordan flamed on and looked the way he looked flaming and stuff. Oh, yeah. Yeah. He was a really good flamer. <laughs> so, yeah, I thought those effects were just really well done. I, I feel like there was there. There are more things I liked 
I I'm having trouble coming up with them, so I'm I'm good with wrapping. <laughs> but I wanted to be the defender of this movie. Um, okay. But so uh, just like the movie, you're gonna start right now. <laughs> so I really liked Miles Teller in general in this movie. I know with the actors are the only redeeming thing in this, but I actually generally got a good chuckle out of several of his lines in the first half of the movie. I think just the delivery on some of them. I just I just actually thought that that character was kind of fun um could have been more fleshed out we don't really know about a lot about him what he thinks kind of like every character but i got i got a few i got a few chuckles out of him, which was more than i expected look we know what he thinks he thinks about quantum physics all day long as a as a fifth grader yeah yeah so ultimately what'd you think of this movie would you uh put a protective shield over the black hole threatening to engulf it and save it from oblivion or would you just let it dissolve into energy and never to be seen again? I guess I'm asking how many N64s. That's exactly <laughs> what I was going to say. Yeah. All right, that's fine by me. I was going to say something like unconvincing wigs, but I didn't really like that. <laughs> I guess I'm asking how many Nintendo 64s would you hook up to the experiment that rates this? What? <laughs> okay. I see we're going the indirect route. Like, is yeah. it more is better? Fewer is better? <laughs> we want to rate it accurately, so maybe we want to, as many 64s as we can get. Yeah. <laughs> Remember, if if you give it a half a point, that's an N64 without the memory expansion. <laughs> <laughs> How many Man. N64s do we want to turn on to power this movie? <laughs> okay. Um,. I really didn't like this movie. I'm not one. I realized this. I'm not one for like slow moving movies. I need like some action. I need something. I need, I need, I need to, to have it cash in for me, you know, and, and, and kind of keep me engaged. And I just absolutely could not believe it that there was like almost just 20 minutes of actual action where it was somewhat redeeming. Um, I'm looking back at some of my other, ratings and i have kick ass and i also have ghost rider spirit of vengeance at two i'm giving this a 1.5 i think that this is worse uh i'm leaving myself a little bit of leeway just in case there's something down the line that i hate even more i may have to amend this later on but uh 1.5 uh nintendo 64s for me wow uh this movie was boring it was really 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 boring there were a couple of times where I had to rewind to actually figure what, out what happened because my mind just wandered. One of those scenes was where Reed Richards is attacking Dr. Doom and knocks him down a pit. Like it was right in the middle of the climactic action sequence of the movie. And I this had was to where be, I was falling asleep. And I had, I had to be like, geez, I got to rewind that because I have no idea how he fell down that pit. Did he just fall? <laughs> <laughs> he loses balance and you know josh trank said that he had a better movie that was supposedly going to be an extra 40 minutes long and i don't believe him i, I usually <laughs> like something like ant-man which was uh, i mean it was a good movie we all agreed that but you know there was a change and you know the director part way through and you could see like oh okay this is one thing that he was going for or here's you know the parts that did or didn't work, but I don't know in this film, like where are the components that were going to make a better movie? I, I can't even see where, how, how it would be done. So I'm going to go with the same thing as Tony. I'm going to say 1.5 uh, Nintendo 64s because that actually makes it my lowest rating, which is what I'm going for here. But I didn't like, I want to save zero or like a 0.5 or even a one for something like I actively hate and really, really dislike. Yeah. Like I want uh, I want a floor below that for something that I'm like this movie offended me. This didn't offend there's me. There's not it a lot just... of options coming up. No. Yeah, like I haven't seen it but maybe Dark Phoenix or Men in Black International is that bad? Well, there's going to be a great rewrite at some point and then I can You keep saying that it. and you never follow through. <laughs> you said at 25 you were going to do it. You said at 30 you were going to do it. I think you rerated one Charlie movie stay ever. the course. You don't need to rewrite yep. it. Exactly. No flip-flopping hot, here. Only hot takes. <laughs> only only four years of hot takes here. Only spicy takes. Only 1, spicy 1. chicken takes. 
I, you know, I got to agree with, with Charlie on it. It's so boring. There were good things about it, like the acting, but the question is, is this movie worth watching? And I got to go with no, like, I'm sorry, but just it's, it's so boring. You guys, uh, two Nintendo 64s out of 10 for this one. The, the acting brings it above man thing in my mind, but, uh, yeah. So I remembered the first time I remember not liking it at all in theaters. It was like multiple different movies that just kept starting with no like regards for what happened before right up to the very end of the movie. And so I felt very disconcerted by that. I mean, I still had this feeling of there might have been not necessarily a good movie, but at least a consistent, oh, I can see what they were going for kind of movie in the original version, you know, in this mumblecore sci-fi movie. (laughs) And then, yeah, someone grafted the Fantastic Four onto this. Which is actually sort of absurd because this, from what I read online, because I haven't read the issues themselves, but this feels like apparently was a reasonably faithful adaptation, at least for a while, of the Ultimate Fantastic Four story. But it does not feel like that at all. And so when the Fantastic Four show up, it just feels like it comes out of left field. It's like, wait, we're now we're shifting to this? Why? Why is this happening? And we didn't really even talk about the weird stuff things like a secret weapon and they're going to turn human torch into like some military guy. And, but what I didn't remember because it had faded from my memory, but uh, was revealed upon rewatching was how boring and tedious this movie is to watch. We were watching this movie last night and I was drinking a Pepsi max, Mm. a Pepsi zero sugar, whatever. And I was still found myself like almost nodding off, just felt so sleepy. Where I'm kind of struggling in terms of rating is just, I don't know how I feel about this compared to the Punisher, the 2004 Punisher, because that was also really boring, but it had some action moments. Like with the Russian, yeah. But this also had some action moments, not as much. And like, would I rather watch the Punisher over this? Uh, That's a hard choice. But you know what? Setting that aside, in the end, I'm going to award this the same number of dollars I spent on it for the Blu-ray. So that's two. Two Nintendos, 64 out of 10, (laughs) possible. (laughs) Wow. Maybe... Still a good Christmas. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I still got the the, uh, translucent jungle green one. The regular, but... That is just so... I think it's just the fact that I hated Man-Thing more than you guys did. Just really throws this off for me. Paul, your turn. Defend the movie. Justify your 64 out of yeah. 10. Your <laughs> 64 Nintendo's 64. <laughs> when I started watching this, I just kind of was like, oh, so this isn't a Fantastic Four movie or a superhero movie. And... Like I said before, I think it works as like a double or triple first episode, some direct-to-streaming television show, a Netflix original or something, based around the lives of science kids. And uh, in that, I thought there were some kind of fun moments. And then, you know, halfway through when they actually get their powers, I realized that nothing's really going to, you know, happen Fantastic Four-wise in this movie. And I kind of made peace with that. Um, But... I do have to agree. It was pretty boring. If you're going to be slice of life, fantastic Four, you need to at least do it. you know, a little better, I guess, or a little more entertainingly, I guess. Overall, I'm going to give this, uh, give this four and 64s out of 10. I thought there was some redeeming moments with the acting. You know, you don't really learn a lot about the characters, but the lines that are there are, you know, I think there are some moments that there's some good delivery. And I actually was reasonably engaged until I fell asleep. Um, so. uh, would you say that it's a fantastic four out of ten? <laughs> yeah, it's, it is a fantastic four. Are you going to give us four no matter what? Like, even though it's the greatest film ever. <laughs> it's the greatest. It's all four. Uh, all four Nintendo 64s. Everyone knows there's only four. 
Um, but yeah, I, I think that's kind of where it lies in my past ratings as far as what I would want to go back and watch. Well, it's still at the bottom, just about. Yeah, it's like I'd still probably rather watch Men in Black 2 or Ghost Rider Spirit of Vengeance. Like, how could I rate this higher when, you know, I would definitely watch Ghost Rider before this movie. So the amount of Nick Cage and Ghost Rider wins out. Yeah. So, yeah, thanks, everyone, for listening to us discuss our 51st installment of the Mary Marvel Movie March. Some possibly good news. Obviously, it's not out yet, but a couple weeks ago, uh, they announced that uh, there will be a new Fantastic Four movie as part of the MCU. So maybe fourth cast will be a charm. Um, But in the meantime, we're going to continue on marching. Our next entry in the Mary Marvel Movie March is our 52nd, and that is the February 2016 movie Deadpool. So we have that to look forward to. Wow, that really puts this movie into perspective. <laughs> what do you mean? This really came between it. I it's, it's for some reason it's hard for me to realize that this came between Ant Man and Deadpool. <laughs> <laughs> like instead of like somewhere around, like somewhere like. Instead of in between Ghost Rider and Spider-Man 3. (laughs) (laughs) So, uh, hope to have you all listen again in the future. And uh, enjoy the first bits of 2021, which I assume are a lot like the last bits of 2020. So you got that going for you. Wow. (laughs) Really uh, going all in there, Adam. (laughs) So you got that going for you, which is probably not that nice, but could be worse. Maybe. Or maybe not. I don't want to. I don't want to judge. I guess I just really want to have a conversation with you. Are you, you guys doing okay? Is everyone doing all right out there? I know it's kind of tough. I, I was hoping he would do this, actually. <laughs> it turned into a big, big thing. But uh, you know, just we want you to know that if you're listening to us, that we care about you, and we hope that you're doing well. That's and, why we're uh, asking for some money right now. <laughs> we like we the, know, we the engagement with the report heads this episode like you're really i'm really loving yeah. this it feels I like an npr help. yeah we just yeah if, <laughs> I, I i understand times are tough but i also know that 98 percent of you will just stop listening to this uh little speech and move on but if every one of our listeners donated 275 we would fund uh the gobeski walls report for at least a month so <laughs> <laughs> So I just ask you to to consider that when you uh, when you're sitting there um, and you're you're thinking, gosh, I've I've got this money and I don't know what to do with it. Well, maybe consider sending it to uh, a charity. And then uh, if you decide not to do that, um, I'm, you could put it in the bank. Maybe save it for uh, later. Get a little bit of interest. Probably not a lot of interest. Interest rates aren't great right now, but you no, know, they. <laughs> You never know. They could could get you a penny, depending on how much you set aside. And uh, Or, Adam, they could give it to me, and I could make them money. I'm telling you, I've got three picks for Sunday night football this Sunday that are going to win. They're locks of the century, okay? We're talking Bills. We're talking the Patriots. And we're also talking about the Saints, okay? Saints, forget about it. They're going to win no matter what. Money line, automatically. Are we not talking about the Chiefs? Chiefs? They suck. They're not the Chiefs right now. Okay, for the last three weeks, haven't covered once. They haven't covered once in three weeks. So you know what we're gonna do? We're gonna bet on the Chiefs this week. Yep, absolutely, Adam. <laughs> you're right. Because the thing is, is that they can't go four weeks in a row where they're not gonna cover. I mean, you've got the best football player in Mahomes. He's my man, Mahomes. Okay, and he's going to win. But now that I'm talking about it and I'm talking them up a little bit, I might go back. I might. I, I, <sighs> nope. Chiefs automatically. They're going to win. We need the listeners help to stop the steal. Okay. <laughs> stop the Steelers. <laughs> <laughs> Is there even a game on January 20th or January 10th? No. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's only three points. Oh, against wow. The, against the Saints. Urgh, I, well, <laughs> well look we recognize that by the time you listen to this that game will have already happened but you should still send the money to us we will make sure that it gets to the right people at the wrong time so you don't have to worry about that 
And then uh, if you get like that, say uh, that nice little six hundred dollars for uh, you know so, some rent money, and you said, you know what, I'm evicted. I don't need to pay rent anymore. Uh, you could, you know, you could put that in a savings account maybe for you, or you could bet it on the uh, on the Chiefs from we're going three weeks. Saints. No, from, we're going Saints oh, plus three. Right. Saints plus three at home. That they, they they're a dog at home. They're gonna win. So if you want to put that money on them for a game that's three weeks old by the time you listen to this, at least uh, money in the bank. Feel free to send that send that money along. But uh, plus one forty on the money line. Put put all six hundred on it. So there you go. Uh, words of wisdom from one of our three four guests. We had Tony Huff. Uh, uh, thank you for having me, Doug Gobeski. Thank you for having me, and uh, Paul Wilcox. I had a fan, a fan four stick time. I'm gonna go watch it again right now. <laughs> Sound like a train. <laughs> now I'll do a Vuvuzela. Vuvuzela. Hey everyone, thanks for listening to our show. Make sure to check out our website at gobeskywallsreport.com. Hey everybody, check us out on Facebook and Twitter. Just follow us at GW Report and like our page on Facebook, the Gobeski Wallace Report. And hey everybody, tune in to next episode where there's sure to be tons more hilarity that we know you'll enjoy. Hey everybody. So, Charlie, what's the uh, fictional description of this movie? No, no, no. That's my job. You don't get to be the host. F*** off. <laughs> You're taking too long. <laughs> nope. But that, it's my decision on how long it takes. And if I say it takes four hours, then it takes three hours. Oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> I just got a, we just got a glimpse into <laughs> your life. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's all I have now, Tony. <laughs> I like the idea of people sending us their stimulus check and then buying 300 copies of Fan Forstick. You could have interrupted and suggested that. <laughs> There's no place to interrupt. You were doing a good job. I didn't want to mess with the flow. Or you could get not one, not two, not 100, but 300 copies of Fan Forstick on Blu ray. <laughs> <laughs>